everybody, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day, plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more, theburningtruth.us. And if you like knives, Kydex holsters, pepper spray, and hidden cameras, make sure you do your shopping at asdefense.com. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank you for tuning in today. Also want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. As always, you can watch the live stream on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Uh, think that I have forgotten to embed the Rumble video into my website. I will do that during a commercial break. Oh, I got in a little bit late today because of a meeting. All right. Uh, we got to talk about Hunter Biden. The Hunter Biden laptop continues to spurt out more and more information that is largely being ignored by the corporate media because well, they don't want to admit what is true. And uh, to quote the Federalist Papers, these are amazing stories, rich fl- riches flowing to the Biden family, including to the big guy himself. Now, remember, we've got numerous people who said the big guy is, in fact, Joe Biden. Who else would the big guy be? But uh, all of the information, the financials and everything else uh, does, in fact, say that the big guy is Joe Biden. All right. The Federalist Papers has this very interesting question. If you or I mingled our business and personal accounts, we would have a lot of questions to answer from the Internal Revenue Service. This is very, very true. If you intertwined your finances like this, the IRS would be all over you. But growing evidence shows that Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, mixed all kinds of personal and business dealings with each other, including Hunter paying dad's bills, receiving tax refunds from his father, and having his foreign clients interact with the elder Biden, according to an investor investigative report by Just the News. And Just the News is an amazing, amazing website. Uh, It's been going on for a long time, including when Joe Biden was a senator and when he was Barack Obama's vice president, as shown by more than 100,000 emails and text messages reviewed by Just the News and the Government Accountability Institute on Hunter's laptop. Once left at a Delaware computer repair shop and now in possession of the FBI, although the FBI saying, ah, we're not sure where this thing is. Just the News and the GIA also viewed memos and bank records requested under the the Freedom of Information Act available publicly from the court filings or obtained voluntarily from two former Hunter Biden business partners. It all appears to add up to quite a smoking gun. Okay, so I feel like we need to pause and I feel like we need to remind everybody that Joe Biden continues to maintain as recently as last week that he has never had any discussions at all whatsoever with his son about any business dealing, which any parent out there who still has a relationship with their child will tell you is absolute and complete nonsense, especially when the former vice president was golfing with his son and his business partner. Do you really mean to tell me that business never came up, not even one time? And now we find out that not only were their finances intertwined, but Hunter Biden was paying Joe Biden's bills for him. Hmm. All right, here we go. Even while Joe Biden was a senator, Hunter paid his $190 cell phone bill for 11 years. It's about $25,000. In 2009, Hunter Biden partnered with former Yale 
friends, including Christopher Hines, stepson of then-Senator John Kerry, and Devin Archer, to form Rosemont Capital, which spread worldwide in various industries. In 2010, we've talked about Rosemont Capital a lot on the show. In 2010, Hunter and Eric Schwerin of Rosemont subsidiary Rosemont Seneca helped the White House complete the vice president's tax return and diverted his Delaware state tax refund to Hunter to pay off a loan that Joe Biden owed his son. Uh Uh-huh. Schwerin later wrote an email describing maintenance and improvements at Joe Biden's Delaware lakefront home that Hunter paid for. Emails on Hunter's laptop, which seemed to refer to the vice president as the big guy, Pop, and my chairman, seemed to indicate that Joe Biden was counting on his son and Schwerin to enrich him before he left office, which is exactly what happened. Now, again, I feel the need to pause just a second and point out that Hunter Biden traveled on Air Force Two, vice president's plane, numerous times overseas. And on many of those trips, Hunter Biden got large sums of money, sometimes under the guise of doing certain business dealings that Rosemont Seneca didn't do, like automobiles in Kazakhstan. They didn't do anything with automobiles. And then suddenly, automagically, after those funds were deposited in Hunter Biden's account, Joe Biden had a personal meeting with the people who gave Hunter Biden money. It's weird how that happens. But the White House would have you believe that all of that is a pure coinkydink. It happened numerous times. So somebody paid Hunter Biden money. Next thing you know, Joe Biden shows up and has a little powwow with him. Isn't that interesting? Always after the deposit is made. But nothing nefarious happening here. In 2017, an email indicated Hunter was designated 10% of a big Chinese deal for the big guy, which Hunter Biden refers to as Joe Biden in text message. Now, Just the News cited a 2018 Peter Schweitzer book, Secret Empires, How the American Political Class Hides Corruption in Riches, Families, and Friends. In 2009, with Joe Biden recently installed as vice president, his brother James joined with Hunter Biden in enriching themselves in areas of the world where the vice president had substantial influence, according to Just the News. Uh, one of those areas of the world would be Ukraine. James, for instance, got a construction contract of a billion dollars in Iraq, while Joe Biden was overseeing U.S. military operations in that country. Hunter made millions of dollars from Burisma, a corrupt Ukrainian oil and gas company. Neither man knew much about the areas in which they made these monies. Can you imagine getting a billion dollar construction contract and you not a contractor or an architect or affiliated with that industry at all? Can you imagine that? Can somebody give me a billion dollars to do something that I don't know anything about, please? That would be great. I would enjoy that quite a bit. Think of all of the all of the horrible, awful things that I could do with a billion dollars, which would, of course, naturally prove all of your lives. Documents just the news and GIA uncovered also show that Joe Biden's claims of not discussing with Hunter his son's business dealings to be false, which we already know they are 100% false. Anybody with more than one cell in their body knows that. Biden referred a political donor to Hunter because the donor wanted to work with his son and repeatedly met with Hunter's foreign partner. In 2011, emails indicated that Hunter Biden's partners cultivating a relationship with a group of Chinese entrepreneurs anxious to get a meeting at the White House. We've talked about this quite a bit as well on the show. The Chinese government connected entrepreneurs routinely would give Hunter Biden money, diamonds, nice gifts, things of that nature. That was personal cash, by the way. Uh, And one of those deposits was used by the Biden family for an international family vacation. Uh, I believe that was over 100 grand that was deposited in their account. That's a heck of a vacation. Uh, You ever been on a vacation, you know, that you had to pay over 100 grand for? Liz has never been on a vacation you had to pay over 100 grand for. I don't know what these peasants do in their spare time, but clearly they don't live good life. Apparently it worked as 30 members of the Chinese Entrepreneurs Club were in the White House in November of 2011. Get it? So the Chinese entrepreneurs give a bunch of money to Hunter Biden, and then suddenly they end up in the White House for a meeting. Oh, with Joe Biden. What do you know it? That's so weird. Very strange how that happened. Although that was not recorded on White House logs, even though it happened. It was revealed in a CEC document. Oh, so the White House kept that secret, but it was still logged in a CEC doc. In 2013, when Joe Biden went to meet with Chinese officials,
officials in Beijing, Hunter flew with his father on Air Force Two to make a billion-dollar deal. While there, Hunter was said has said that his father met with a Chinese business partner of Hunter's. Now, keep in mind, Hunter Biden said this in an interview, and he said this in an interview after Joe Biden had already said that he never talked with his son about business dealings, and after it was uncovered that Joe Biden would golf with Hunter Biden and his business partner, Devin Archer. And then he goes on this interview and he goes, yeah, I talked to my dad about business dealings. And then right after the interview, Joe Biden's like, I never talked to him about business dealings. And just last week, the White House said Joe Biden never talked to Hunter Biden about his business dealings. But Hunter Biden says the exact opposite. Who are you to believe? Hmm. So while there, Hunter has said that his father met with a Chinese business partner of Hunter Biden's. Now, if you meet with a Chinese business partner of your son, there's a good chance you're going to be discussing business. In April of 2014, Hunter Biden's partner, Devin Archer, met with Joe Biden in the White House, according to Secret Service logs. That same day, the Ukrainian-based oil company Burisma, we've told you about this before, wired $100,000 to Romont Seneca's account. How very interesting. Who was responsible for everything Ukraine? Joe Biden was. He had a weekly phone call with Poroshenko, the former president of Ukraine. The following year, a Burisma representative and several wealthy Kazakh individuals from North Central Asia met with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden at a Washington cafe without the meeting being on the vice president's official schedule. That only happened after the son of the mayor of the capital of Kazakhstan deposited a large sum of money in Hunter Biden's account uh, under the guise of four automobiles. Well, they don't deal in automobiles. And then suddenly this uh, this unscheduled trip happened. In 2016, an email from Hunter to the grandson of former president of Mexico expressed anger because the individual went silent even though Hunter had bought, brought to the White House and the vice president's house every individual the grandson had asked him to. After Joe Biden left office in 2017, he had fewer obligations of financial disclosure. The CEFC China Energy paid money to the Biden family stemming from deals in 2015 and 2016. By 2019, cash began to go to in, go in, go a different way as Joe Biden committed to paying bills of Hunter Biden, a drug addict. Just the News quoted one significant text message that Hunter Biden made in 2019 to his daughter. Quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Oh, interesting. Sounds a little bitter there, doesn't he? Hunter Biden. So the Federalist Papers write, so the evidence seems to pile up. The establishment media are coming around, sort of. Though, so far, the FBI and the Justice Department are moving very, very slowly. In fact, Congressman Daryl Issa of the House Judiciary Committee, who is involved in investigating the laptop, told Fox News on Tuesday that the FBI and Justice Department had, in effect, lied about it. Major story that the news media is refusing to really push. This should be the biggest story in the country at this point in time. Uh, We've got the person who's pretending to be president in the White House lying, definitively lying. You've got his son with a paper trail a mile long connected to his finances, illegal finances, while he was senator, while he was vice president, and probably even now. But of course, nobody's covered. Now imagine, imagine just for a second that Hunter Biden's name was Donald Trump Jr. How would the media cover it then? More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Things that you miss on the live stream that don't make it onto the radio show. A massive debate about bagels and donuts right now. Why? Random. Just totally random. Alyssa was telling a story about how she met Brooklyn the very first time, and then I was telling the story about how this company, knowing that I was brand new here, decided to send me out and deliver bagels to one company every single week uh, when I was doing the morning show when they they won those bagels. And and that turned into a debate about bagels and donuts on the live stream. So you all do you. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Are you on team donut or are you on team bagel? All right. Let's go over a couple of additional things here about Hunter Biden. These are text messages and emails. Uh, This is not the B.com. New depressing emails suggest that Hunter Biden is bitter after paying the Biden
Biden family expenses for decades, in contrast with Joe's assertion that he knows nothing about his son's dealings. Now, of course, some of those we certainly talked about already, but uh, Hunter Biden's access to lucrative financial opportunities also came with expectations, including kicking back as much as half of his earnings to his dad, according to text messages. And as people in the live stream have been pointing out when we're reading this, is that, hey, hold on a second. You didn't actually earn anything. You didn't do anything. You got appointed to Burisma. Why? Because you were the vice president's son. You don't know anything about oil and gas. You didn't contribute anything to the company. You're just there. So you got a salary for just being there. So your dad is like, you got the job because of me, so half of that money is mine. Uh, What else do we have here? Here's another one. Um, Let's see. Just to be clear, paying for everything does not seem to have been a particularly cheap endeavor. Quote, there were $1,239 in repairs to an air conditioner at Mom Mom's Cottage and another $1,475 to a painter for the back wall and columns at the lake house. There was also another $2,600 for fixing up a stone retaining wall at the lake and $475 for shutters. Do shutters cost that much? Good God. So, uh, let's see. Father and son's linked finances, first reported by the Post last July, went well beyond household upkeep and sometimes spilled over into Hunter Biden's debauched personal life. In May of 2018, during a drug and alcohol binge in L.A., Hunter Biden accidentally, just an accident, guys, transferred around $25,000 to an escort named Golnora. Listen, I'm not up in people's business, but if you're going to hire an escort, may I recommend that their name not be Golnora? I don't know. I, I don't know if you could possibly trust the safety of that situation. He was immediately visited by the Secret Service. He's like, yo, why is Golnora worth 25 grand? Suggesting that the money came from a joint account with his father. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So he's all high as a kite, and he transferred money from a joint account with his dad to a hooker. Uh, excuse me, an escort. Escorts are higher end than hookers. Same same job description, higher quality. Uh, so Golnora had to uh, apparently give that back. I, I would assume that they had to give that back. Was there a chargeback or something like that? How is Golnora doing today? What is Golnora's uh, economic outlook? Hunter received a series of text messages from a former agent who repeatedly urged him to come out of his hotel room and reminded him, this is linked to Celtic's account. Celtic was Joe Biden's Secret Service code name when he was the vice president. Now, let me just ask you a question. For those of you out there who have a bank account, I don't know if people like Alyssa will understand this. If you have a bank account, can you transfer money of said bank account if you're not on the account? Can you do that? Can you transfer money out of an account that you're not on, Alyssa? Nope. She says she doesn't think so. That's That would be correct. That is, that is the appropriate answer. Which means Hunter Biden had a joint bank account with Daddy, okay? And the Secret Service knew about the joint bank account with Daddy, and that money paid a high-end escort, Golnora. Sounds like a Mortal Kombat villain. Golnora. Please make a video game with a character named Golnora. Please, for the love of God, somebody do that. So this is while he was the vice president, though. So while he was the vice president, there was a joint bank account. So you mean to tell me you're never going to have a conversation with your son about finances, huh? When you have a joint bank account? Sure. We we believe that. All right. MNC News Time is 3.31. It's time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a life. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. Finding a mechanic that you can trust is extremely important, but it's also nerve-wracking because most of us just pick the first place that we can come up with, right? If we don't have any friends or family that can recommend something, we just find a place that's nearby and we take the vehicle there. You hope, pray that they do the good, they do the work right, that they stand by their work, and that they're going to give you a fair price without overselling you on repairs that you don't need. Jason's Automotive has built a reputation by not doing any of those things. They take care of their customers. The repairs are done right. They stand by those repairs. They also have Napa parts. Napa has a nationwide peace of mind warranty, and they are not going to force you into repairs that you cannot afford and that you do not need. If something does 
does need to be done, they'll let you know. If something can wait to be done, they'll let you know that too, so you can better plan for that repair in the future. Go to jasonautotruckrepair.com or visit Jason's Automotive in Edwardsburg, serving all of Michiana at 26771 Main Street in Edwardsburg, Michigan. And as always, let them know that I sent you. Johnny Depp testifying against the succubus that is Amber Heard right now. And uh, we're waiting to get further details as that trial continues to go forward. Like I said, I, this is an important trial. I realize that a lot of people are just like, oh, it's just a, you know, a, a, a basically a divorce situation. But this is an important trial based on what she did to him and the evidence that he has presented publicly about her lying about it. Uh, now, we'll see if she presents new evidence in this particular trial to uh, bolster her position. But I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's looking good for Johnny Depp right now. But we'll have to continue to pay attention to this. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about Twitter because the Twitter situation is continuing to escalate into full-fledged World War III. See, World War III is not in Ukraine. It's on Twitter right now. That's where it is. So a couple of different things. One, Elon Musk has said that if he does acquire Twitter, he will not pay the board. Interesting. Tesla CEO Elon Musk said in a tweet on Monday that members of Twitter's board of directors won't be paid if he succeeds in acquiring the company. Good. Uh, let's see. What do we got? I don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, board salary will be $0 if my bid succeeds. So that's negative $3 million a year saved right there, he said. Cool. So now that doesn't mean that he can, you know, nullify their contract. It's just that when he has a Twitter board, they're not going to be paid to be on the Twitter board. Keep in mind, everybody on the board of directors for Twitter right now, other than Jack Dorsey, hold Jack Dorsey out of it. The other, what, 11 people combined have 77 shares of Twitter. That's it. They combined zero point, less than 0.1% of Twitter shares. They do not have an economic stake in Twitter other than their salary. So Elon Musk's position is, when I acquire the company, the board is not going to be paid. So if they want to be paid, they have to be investors in Twitter, so they have some financial incentive in the success of the company. Interesting. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? Uh, it's not known who would sit on the board if Musk were to acquire it, though executives don't get additional compensation for their seats, according to CMC. Um, so this is, you know, again, very interesting stuff, but he is, he's not playing around with this thing. When you have the richest man in the world doing something because he wants to do it, not because it's financially incentivized, you got to be careful. got to be real careful. Twitter is playing with fire here. Now, this leads me to Jack Dorsey, because Jack Dorsey is breaking all sorts of rules by speaking out right now. Um, he did speak out against the board. He said the board has, you know, systemically been the issue of dysfunction at Twitter. Now, we told you before, and I know that I'm repeating myself, but I just, uh, you know, for the new people who are listening today who haven't been listening prior, Jack Dorsey has always seemed to me like somebody who is not in control of Twitter, that he was kind of just figurehead of Twitter. He was forced to basically say what the board wanted him to say, but he didn't actually really control anything. And I think that most people understood that in spite of him publicly saying things that were not true about Twitter. Uh, there's always been a sense that he was kind of forced into some of the stuff he's doing. I'm not telling you that Jack is a misunderstood good guy. I'm not telling you that at all. He is dishonest. You shouldn't trust him at all. But that doesn't mean that what I'm saying about the other stuff isn't true. And there's a lot of people who made that observation. Well, he spoke out against the board, which he's not supposed to be able to do. But he did. He spoke out against the board. And now, now he's going out there and saying that he witnessed incidents where CNN tried to falsify the news. Yeah, no kidding, Jack. We all did. This, this isn't news. Former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said on Monday evening that he knows that CNN promotes false news reporting because he's witnessed the far left network try to cause conflict during the Ferguson, Missouri riots back in 2014. Right. So why did you, as a company, continue to promote CNN while making sure you censored everybody else who was telling the truth? Again, I suppose the answer to that would be, I wasn't in control. Hmm. Dorsey made the revelation in a response to a tweet from Miss Universe Iraq 2017. Uh, Sarah Abdali Aida, 
Khan, who said, even at CNN, sometimes sell false news. I know this from covering Iraq events in 2019. People need to understand every media is prone to either mistakes or deliberate corruption. Do your own investigation before believing what's selling it. Sound advice. Iraq, by the way. Dorsey responded, I know this from being on the streets of Ferguson during the protests and watching them try to create conflict and film it, causing the protesters to chant bleep CNN. Idan's tweet stemmed from an earlier remark that Dorsey made on the platform when he called out CNN's Brian Stelter for a columnist and a columnist for the Washington Post on Monday over a tweet that took aim at Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Dorsey referenced a tweet from Stelter that stated Tucker Carlson is always selling the same thing and he's selling doubt. Dorsey responded to the tweet by asking in a tweet, and you all are selling hope? Question. Do you get a sense here? Um, you have to understand, Jack Dorsey like doesn't do this. And there is a lot of people who are wondering if Jack Dorsey has been unchained a little bit by Elon Musk. And some have even speculated that Jack Dorsey could be one of the inside guys that Elon Musk has on that board. Very interesting stuff. Dorsey just doesn't do this stuff. He doesn't do it. So why is Dorsey all of a sudden out there and saying you have to wonder if he's he's feeling like he might be a little bit free because of what Elon Musk is doing. Uh, let's see. Dorsey made news over the weekend when he slammed the Twitter, Twitter board of directors as entrepreneur Elon Musk, the world's richest man, tries to take over the company. Don't need to rehash and repeat what I just told you anyway. So very interesting stuff. Um, I, I Again, I don't trust Jack Dorsey as far as you throw him. The guy is completely dishonest. But it is interesting to kind of watch him all of a sudden morph into this very, very different person than we've seen over the past several years. And you're starting to wonder what's going on. Because something is afoot. And it's not just that Elon Musk is buying Twitter or trying to buy Twitter and they have a futile attempt at uh, at blocking him. And the one attempt they have to block him is basically to nuke company. So we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. There is something happening here with Jack Dorsey. And it could be that he's trying to form an alliance with Elon Musk. I don't know. But keep an eye on that. We got more coming up. Newstock 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for Impress Jewelry Creations. Well, this week, Mother's Day sale happening over at Impress Jewelry Creations. Save 15% on Mother's Day gifts. You can celebrate all the special moms in your life. Find the perfect gifts and enjoy 15% off your entire purchase. Shop early, in-store, or online for the best selection of their one-of-a-kind jewelry and popular designer pieces. They have a whole special Mother's Day sale page set up at ImpressJewelers.com. Some of the gift ideas they have, stackable diamond fashion rings in white gold, rose gold, and yellow gold, a gorgeous collection of colored gemstones featuring high-quality rare stones like sapphires, rubies, emeralds, uh, and and bunch more. Uh, birthday, uh, birthstone jewelry. And then you've got Zagani diamond fashion jewelry featuring beautiful necklaces and earrings and bracelets and rings and rose gold, white gold, and yellow gold. Soho sterling silver bangle bracelets and matching earrings and tons more. Go check out the sale page at impressjewelers.com. Just click on the Mother's Day sale and you can save 15% on Mother's Day gifts store-wide at Impress Jewelry Creations. Some exclusions do apply. Go check that out online at impressjewelers.com or visit them in person at Impress Jewelry Creations located in Granger, Indiana next to C. Kramer Interiors. And as always, please let them know that I sent you. Super shocking news, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very shocking. I don't think that anybody could have possibly expected this to happen. Wow. Um, I don't even know how to say it. I'll be perfectly honest. I, I'm not exactly sure how, how to tell you, but um, red states are better than blue states for low taxes and, and good economies. And and I, for one, am stunned. I mean, producer Alyssa is laughing hysterically. Over. She's shocked, too. This is She doesn't believe it. Not possible. She says it's fake news. And what may be the clearest example that conservative economic policies work, I mean, other than four years of success and, you know, two years of crap, a new list of rich states, poor states, shows that Republican-controlled states are doing far better than those dominated by Democrats. Do we? In its 15th annual report, timed for tax day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Today's tax day, isn't it?
it because they extended it out. Was it yesterday? Was yesterday tax day? Was yesterday? Man, I hope you all did your taxes. Sorry, I did mine early this year. I already got my return and everything. We were told the IRS could be super slow about it too, but they weren't. Uh, I don't think I got my state though. So like you suck. Anyway, the American Legislative Exchange Council reports that eight of the 10 best states are Republican controlled, while all in the bottom 10 are Democratic controlled. The worst being New York. The report also shows that people who are well aware that of the benefits of living in low-tax states and are moving to them from high-tax states. Now, of course, this creates a problem. One, the mass exodus away from the hellholes that are blue states makes perfect sense. But then they go to the havens and the sanctuary of red states, and what do they do? They repeat the errors of their previous state over and over and over and over again. Well, when we were from California, we used to do this. Yeah, but that's why you left, idiot. So stop voting that way in this state. I love the billboards as you're coming into Texas. We're like, hey, plan on voting uh, for, for uh, you know, Republicans. You can stay. If you're going to vote for Democrats, you can keep driving. Americans continue to vote with their feet towards states that have lower tax burdens and value economic competitiveness, says Jonathan Williams, Alex, chief economist and executive vice president of policy. If you believe incentives matter, and I do, state policies have the effect of changing those incentives at both the state and local levels. Right. This, this is not this is not difficult. Look, there are multiple facets. I know that this is not hard for most of you. But there are some people out there who still do not comprehend basic economics. Look, when you don't steal everybody's paycheck, when you don't Joe Biden, the Hunter Bidens of the world, okay, you don't force people to turn over half their salary. They have that money to spend on crap. And when they go out and spend that money on crap, the people who make that money get to spend their money on crap too. And then the more people spend their money on crap, the more money is made by government. That's why we see a surge in revenue to governments with low tax policy. Yes, we also see that in high tax policies, but you don't see economic growth. So if you want to go ahead and see economic growth while increasing revenue to the governments, local, state, federal, you have low tax policies that incentivize people to go and make money and spend things. That's what you do. In high tax places, they don't have that ability to do that. Uh, Things cost too much. People don't buy things. And then next thing you know, things kind of grind to a halt and then they pack up and they leave the state and they enjoy that success for some time. And then they start thinking about uh, the the old way that they used to live and how, you know, I'm at a position now where I can start taking freedoms away from my neighbors, even though I've enjoyed those freedoms these entire years. So I'm going to start voting the way that my old state voted and then they ruin it. And then there's no refuge left for anybody as a result of all this stuff. So um, I know that uh, a lot of people say the best way to go ahead and motivate people to, you know, change their ways is to prove that they're successful. But we've seen time and time again that you can prove that it's successful policy to do things a certain way. You can prove that over and over again, and there will still be people who do not buy it. I love telling this story. At one point, I was in a bar one day, and there was these two uh, bimbos. I say bimbos because they weren't very bright, not because they were women. And these two bimbos were having a conversation about the economy. Now, the economy had just hit the all-time best marker for, for employment, Okay, period. And we were in there, and I just happened to hear them talking about the economy and how horrible the economy was while they were sitting there sipping on their $300 bottle of wine with each other in this very expensive bar. Um, and I, I thought it was really interesting that they could not see how great the economy was with their wealth while everybody else was enjoying the benefits of said economy because the economy was great. It was literally the best it had ever been. And that's the truth. In every measurable category, the economy was the best it had ever been in the history of this country under President Trump, period, end of story. And there are some people out there who still want to pretend that that was Obama's doing, even if it was Obama's doing, which it clearly was not, even if it was Obama's doing, Trump gets credit for steering the ship in the right direction, continuing to improve upon what Obama did. But at the end of the day, the truth is the truth, and that is that Obama sucked, and it was Trump that pulled us out of that economic funk and really started surging that growth. That's the truth. That's the reality. You can see it in every chart ever, and from the moment that election was over to the moment that uh, Trump got out of the, got out of office and the former vice president ruined
into everything. Good more coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Well, 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 I think this is very interesting. The House GOP wants to, uh, what's the phrasing here? Jerk the NEA's federal charter. Congress created the National Education Association in 1906. Congress created that? Really? In 1906. They created them not as a labor union, but as a professional group dedicated to improving America's public education. Well, mission failed, NEA. The NEA long ago left that vision in the dust and became a straight-up labor union. According to the IRS, grew into one of the most powerful and lucrative sources of campaign cash for Democrats and turned American schools into propaganda mills for the far-left agenda. All of which, ladies and gentlemen, is not up for debate. Oh, wait. They started their next paragraph, all of which, so that's awkward. All of which was sadly, solidly in place by the time the Gingrich Revolution of 1994 resulted in votes uh, going to Republican majorities in both houses of Congress for the first time in 40 years. The GOP kept those majorities with only brief respites until 2006. Meanwhile, the NEA, along with the American Federation of Teachers of the AFL-CIO, continued waxing stronger. But nobody among the Republicans thought to demand the NEA live up to its charter. Now, this is this is very interesting. I had no idea that the NEA, even though I've probably done shows on it, has, but I had no idea that they were created by Congress. And they're not a labor union. They're a professional group because they operate as a labor union. And everybody calls them a labor union. The IRS treats them as a labor union. So in 2010, the Tea Party revolution uh, came along. And by 2014, Republicans again controlled Congress. Still, nothing was said about the NEA's charter. Come 2018, voters handed Congress back to the Democrats. Now it appears likely, at least, the House will be returned to GOP control in November. Uh, some estimates have uh, at least three seats flipping to Republicans on the Senate side, which would give them the majority. And if that happens, odds are good the NEA's long abuse of its congressional charter will become an issue thanks to GOP representatives Scott Fitzgerald of Wisconsin and guess who? Jim Banks, Indiana. Man, um, Congressman Banks is awesome. I mean, most of the time. Nobody is 100% awesome, but he's awesome most of the time. The, like, the vast majority of the time. I find this to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and he's he's obviously becoming a rising star in the Republican Party. There's no doubt about it. He scares the snot out of Nancy Pelosi, which is why she kept him off the January 6th committee. So I'm going to flip over now um, from Instapundent to the uh, the Epic Times, okay? This is uh, Mark Tapscott. How's GOPers prepare political earthquake with legislation to withdraw NEA's federal charter? A bill co-sponsored by 18 House Republicans would remove the National Education Association's 116-year-old federal charter because of the union's hyper-partisanship and support for extreme ideological policies such as critical race theory. Like, why did it take so long to get to this point? Quote, the NEA can no longer be considered a public service worthy of its federal charter as it has drifted substantially from its core mission and become a massive political operation dedicated to electing Democrats and imposing a radical progressive agenda on America's schools. That is H.R. 7510. It was introduced just a couple of days ago on April 14th. This is, yeah. <laughs> now, I have done a lot of work on their political contributions in the past, and I will do a little bit more if you want to. And you can get all of this at OpenSecrets.org. Okay? There's other places. Open Secrets seems to be the easiest to navigate. Uh, they're the most famous, but OpenSecrets.org is where you can go, and you can see like where they go ahead and put their money. Now, if I were to ask you, um, all right, Alyssa, let me just let me bring you in here for just a second. If you were to guess how what percentage of political donations from the NEA goes to Democrats, what would you say? Just off of the top of your head. I know that you don't know, but any idea what that number would be? Half? Okay. 94.8%. She guessed half. 
half. Now, if half went to Democrats and half went to Republicans, you could easily argue that the NEA is not violating its charter by being a partisan political organization. However, 94.8% of their political donations go to Democrat candidates. Do you know, what, what is the time cycle? For 20, that's just, this is the 2020 cycle, okay? Do you know how much money the NEA has donated to Republicans for the 2020 cycle? $56,000. That's it. Almost $2.2 million to Democrats. Just in 2020. That's it. Just 2020, folks. Almost $2.2 million to Democrats, $56,000 to Republicans. The overwhelming majority of which are to incumbents. 75.65% go to incumbents. They have donated to 228 Democrats, 12 Republicans. No independents. Just for this cycle. Just the, well, not this cycle, but the 2020 cycle. Okay. In the Senate, 34 Republicans, uh, excuse me, 34 Democrats, 5 Republicans, 1 independent. I, it, it's just, <laughs> it's staggering. For all federal candidates, $2.433 million to Democrats, 59000 to Republicans. So 97.62% for all federal. Uh, it, this is, you can go through, you can take a look at who ends up getting the, uh, who ends up getting the, uh, the majority of the money. The NEA Advocacy Fund gets the most of it. Senate Majority Pack, which is Democrats. You get the idea. Uh, it goes, goes down the list. So this is, um, yeah, 30 grand went to the National Republican Congressional Committee. Big whoop, right? So you're getting an idea here. Hold on. This is a federal charter. I suppose there could be an argument on why a federal charter can even donate politically. Suppose that you could make an argument there as well. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, the bill text further notes that in the organization's July 2021 conference, NEA officials adopted measures, quote, to support critical race theory, calling it reasonable and appropriate. Uh, although they're not doing critical race theory in the schools and to spend $56,500 on researching and shaming organizations fighting the inclusion of critical race theory in schools. Now, again, critical race theory is racist. Critical race theory is no business in, in public education. Uh, it has a place in law school. That is about it. At the same conference, the NEA officials also expressed support for, quote, the right to abortion, supporting illegal immigrant justice, and expanding professional development for educators to help create student gender sexuality alliance clubs. The bill text further notes that in 2021, NEA board member Molly Page, Mumao, wrote on Facebook that shooting people hiding behind religious exemptions to vaccinate to vaccine mandates would be quicker and ultimately safer than putting me and my friends and family at risk. Huh. We reported on that when Molly Page uh, made that threat. Co-sponsors of the proposed bill include GOP Representative Scott Fitzgerald of Wisconsin, Jim Banks of Indiana, Doug Lamborn of Colorado, Rodney Davis of Illinois, Brian Mast of Florida, Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Mary Miller of Illinois, uh, Buddy Carter of Georgia, Bob Good of Virginia, John Rose of Tennessee, Jeff Duncan of South Carolina, Diana Harshbarger of Tennessee, Greg Stube of Florida, Kat Kamick of Florida, Mark Green of Tennessee, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, Dan Bishop of North Carolina, and Andy Harris of Maryland. So the only one from Indiana who's back in this thing is Banks? Nobody from Michigan? Not surprised about the Michigan thing. The bill has been endorsed by the American Principles Project, America First Policy Institute, Club for Growth, Concerned Women for America, uh, For America, Freedom Works, Heritage Action for America, Independent Women's Voice, National Right to Work Committee, and Young America's Foundation. The Epic Times reached out to the NEA. Uh, the spokesperson did not respond to request comment. Ow. Uh, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly endorse this. The introduction of H.R. 7510 follows the publication of a report earlier this year by the Government Accountability Institute that found that, uh, was it Lily Eskelson Garcia, the leader of the National Education Association, confirmed to Education Week that the core business of the NEA is no longer teacher pensions and health insurance, but social activism and political lobbying. Well, if you've got the head of, first of all, you have their actions, which prove everything, but you have the head of the organization saying that their whole purpose now is social activism and political lobbying when they are a charter from the federal government. 
government. That is all the evidence you need to strip them of that charter and basically eliminate them. They'll reorganize as their own entity, which is their right to do. In a statement provided to the Epic Times, Fitzgerald said that rather than supporting students, the NEA consistently puts the interests of progressive teachers unions over the learning of students. It is time for Congress to say enough is enough and revoke the NEA's federal charter. Congressman Banks told the Epic Times on April 18th that the NEA has become nothing more than a union arm of the Democratic National Committee, which is true. In fact, during the last election cycle, the NEA gave more than 95% of its political donations to Democrats. Quote, Congress should not be actively helping a radical leftist group indoctrinate our children, and I support Representative Fitzgerald's leadership on this initiative. You still thinking about not showing up for the midterms? Because I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of reasons for you to show up for the midterms if you're on the right. This is at the top of that list. So if you're considering staying home, might I humbly request that you reconsider. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for Z-Bart of South Bend. I told you guys that I recently took the wife's vehicle over to Z-Bart of South Bend. I had him installed in car and alarm on my, my car, but also took the wife's new vehicle there. Got it ceramic Z-Gloss, got the undercoating put on so she won't have any issues in the winter with rust. And uh, we also got the windows tinted over there with an interior detail. And one of the things that you notice when you get ceramic Z-Gloss put on your vehicle, and again, this will last seven years or longer. Uh, it has a seven-year warranty. This is a full paint process, ceramic coating. It's not a spray bottle, rinky-dink, uh, you know, not-so-good job that you get with other places that sell you the little spray stuff. This is the real deal. And this is going to make your vehicle shine better than it came out of the factory. So if you are a person who has a nice vehicle or a vehicle that you really, really want to shine and look wet all the time, Ceramic Z-Gloss is the perfect thing for you. But beyond that, it protects your vehicle from the elements. It protects your paint from uh, impacts and, and scratches and things like that. It makes it more resistant to those. And I can personally attest to that after getting hit in that storm. But the other thing that you notice is that it always looks shiny and clean, even when it's dirty. So she got it taken care of. We, we brought it out of Z-Bart, and I think we got rained on the next day, and it had those little, like, you know, marks all over it, but you couldn't see them when you got 10 feet away from the car. It looked like it was a freshly polished vehicle. You got closer, and only then could you see that some of those things were on there. You barely touch it. Your hand, like, slides right off it. You know, when you put your hand on a vehicle, you know, it's kind of, like, sticky, and, and you just try to run your hand over it. This is absolute velvet smooth, and everything just comes right off of the car. It stays cleaner. It doesn't get those those buildups of, you know, bird droppings and everything else. Ceramic Z-Gloss paint coating is the best thing that we do for the cosmetics of our vehicles, period. That's why we get every car that we get Z-Glossed. Go to Z-Bart of South Bend. Let them know that I sent you. Ask them about ceramic Z-Gloss paint coating. If you have a pickup truck, they are your truck accessory headquarters, especially heading into summertime. Z-Bart of South Bend. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. The Republican Party starting to do some interesting things. I, I should have talked about this at the end of last week. I didn't. Uh, the RNC officially, I mean, they did it. I, I told you. I wouldn't believe it until it actually happened, but it happened. I don't know what it means for the future because I still don't trust the RNC, but we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But the RNC officially pulled out of the Commission on Presidential Debates. Said enough is enough. If you're not going to conduct uh, fair debates, then we're not going to be a part of it. This is something that we had talked about months ago that they were considering doing. And I remember coming on the show and going, what are you considering? Just do it. This isn't this isn't something that is controversial. This isn't something that you need to know if it's the right decision. You already know it's the right decision. Pull out. If the candidates want to debate, they will agree with a third party to debate with. It's that simple. In a unanimous decision, the Republican National Committee has voted to withdraw from the Commission on Presidential Debates. After decades of biased debates hosted by ultra-left moderators on fake news networks, the RNC finally 
actually gained enough spine to withdraw from the corrupt commission. And it is corrupt. I mean, every, almost, I'm not going to say every time, but almost every time there was like one debate with a right-wing source. is like Chris Wallace. I think that Brett Baer and Bunch, I think they did okay. I like Brett Baer a lot. Um, but Chris Wallace was a disaster. You see that Megyn Kelly the other day, who's like revived her career as an independent, but Megyn Kelly the other day is like, well, the one thing you have to say about Trump is that he's exposed people in the media. I'm like, yeah, Megyn, he exposed you. Remember? Remember when he exposed you? It caused you to swap networks, which ended up being a career killer. Remember that? All because you decided to, I don't know if she was instructed to, or if she chose to do it, but she decided to go after Trump over his comments about Rosie O'Donnell and completely ignored that Rosie O'Donnell started that, that whole war with him on Twitter. And she insulted his appearance many times before he ever responded to her, but they're making him seem like a sexist for, for calling her a pig. Okay, Rosie O'Donnell's a pig. She is a pig. Not because she's overweight, but because Rosie O'Donnell is a pig. We always called her the abominable pumpkin head on my show at the time. I did daily updates on that Twitter war with Trump and Rosie O'Donnell on my radio show. Why? Because it was hysterical. And every single day they were going back and forth at each other. But she was laying into him for several days attacking his appearance before he ever responded to her. And Megyn Kelly never brought that up during that de- the, during the debate where she was attacking him for being sexist. She never brought it up. There's absolutely no benefit to the right in going along with the left's idea of the televised nonpartisan debate format. Just a reminder, this commission chose Chris Wallace as the conservative moderator for debates in 2020. Chris Wallace is a Democrat. He always has been a Democrat. He used to be a respectable journalist. He's not anymore. The reports continue to come out of CNN Plus that he's having daily meltdowns over there, which is, I think, poetic justice, but I digress. Then they chose the liar and partisan Steve Scully, who embarrassed and disqualified himself before that debate was canceled. It is about time that the right stopped giving legitimacy to these left-wing groups posing as moderates. Look, I'm not going to say that this would be the right thing, but there's been a lot of people saying, hey, Joe Rogan might be good for this. I'm just saying. Joe Rogan's not a politically smart guy, but Joe Rogan will be fair to everybody, and that's what I think would, would be just appreciated by everyone. It's probably time to get away from legacy media and corporate media and start doing some, some new media-type debate formats. I think that could really open up a new voter block and also get the candidates out of their pre-scripted format and actually see who the real candidates are. MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for my pillow. I know, I'm always telling you about how great their pillows are and all of the other really cool products that they have, but I am really excited to report that we finally got the MyPillow dog bed. Uh, our dog is kind of big, so I just got the biggest one that we could get. He had destroyed all of his other beds, except for his puppy bed. He loves his puppy bed. The problem is that he is twice as big as his puppy bed, and that's the only one that he seems comfortable on. Uh, so we got the MyPillow dog bed, which many of you recommended. You said that your pets loved it, so we got it in. Uh, it's massive, but it's filled with the same material as the MyPillow, so if it ever flattens out, and you know the dog beds do this, if it ever flattens out, you can throw it in the dryer, puffs right back up like brand new. And I took it out, I set it on the floor, he jumped right on it, lay down, and went to sleep. It was that fast. I took a picture of it, and I posted it online for all of you to see, just so I was proof that that was happening. He sleeps on that thing all the time. We have it in the bedroom. There's puppy pillow out in the living room in the crate we have in the bedroom for, for nighttime, and he will knock on that door to go into the master bedroom so he can go sleep on that thing in the middle of the day. He absolutely loves it. If you have a pet and you are looking to get a great bed for them, MyPillow is a fantastic option. It is Clark Griswold approved. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code Casey, and you can get a great deal on this bed. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code Casey. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. No, Clark Griswold is my dog.
dog. Somebody's asking why Clark Griswold is the name of Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's the name of my dog. He was named Clark after Lois and Clark. His sister was Lois, but we changed Clark Griswold because the better Superman is named. So that's that's what we did. Uh, that's that's what it is. So when I say Clark Griswold approved, that is dog approved. Okay, doggo approved. Um, all right. So let's talk about Ukraine for just a little bit. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I do want to point out that there's a couple of different perspectives, and then I want to go over the war chest that we have kind of sent over there because there's a lot. Um, massive, massive amounts of this. And I was just letting the audience know that I did post the, and I'm air quoting this, the interview with the British so-called mercenary who was just captured in Ukraine. Uh, He has been interviewed by a British reporter. And this British reporter, by the way, uh, used to work for RT, which is Russia Today. He's very pro-Russia. He's anti-Ukraine. Keep that in mind when you watch this. And also keep in mind that this, uh, this guy is a POW in Russian custody. And so while it doesn't come off like a lot of POW interviews come off. Keep in mind that he's a POW being interviewed by a pro-Russia reporter and he's in custody and the Russians are responsible for keeping him alive at this point in time. So please keep that in mind when you watch it. With that said, it's a 40-minute interview and I think it's worth a listen. I posted it on my website theburningtruth.us um, I have some background on him and the, the reporter in that article and for reference, just because there's going to be somebody out there going, you're posting pro-Russian propaganda. I posted the videos of Russian soldiers who were being interviewed as well. Uh, Russian POW. So the idea is for you to hear everything, to see everything, and make your own decisions based on the information that is available. That is the pure motivation behind it. Uh, If you want to watch it, it's 40 minutes long. But again, please keep in mind that he is a POW and he is in Russian custody and his interviewer is a pro-Russian reporter. All right, so let's take everything he says with a grain of salt. I can tell you that some of the things that he says in that interview have been independently confirmed as accurate and true. Uh, but beyond that, what is, you know, his opinions about things, just keep in mind that his story might change if he ever gets free. And I certainly hope that he does get free soon, but just keep that in mind. Now, with that said, there are dramatically different opinions about what is happening in Ukraine. And the truth is, none of you know, but dramatically different opinions. One is Ukraine is about to surrender because most of their forces in Donbass are now surrounded. All right, that is one opinion. Uh, there's some truth to that. In some places, I don't think it's as concrete as what Colonel Douglas McGregor said on uh, he went on where did he go is it Real America's News is that where he was at um, but he's a he's a former U.S. Army Colonel um, by the way really good strategist good soldier um, has a, a pretty good perspective on things so Colonel Douglas McGregor is is one of those guys that thinks that Ukraine is this is in the final stages of the war and that Ukraine is going to lose here soon um, there's a new offensive that is happening with Russia there's a new commander commanding the Russian forces and there's some strategy changes that are happening as a result they hit like 300 targets or something like that in Ukraine yesterday. Uh, We do know that a bunch of Marines uh, did surrender, and one of those Marines was this uh, British citizen, by the way, who was uh, surrendered in Mariupol. So there's some truth to this. Uh, The other is that, you know, uh, Ukraine's getting ready to launch an offensive in Donbass, and that they are going to be able uh, to potentially press the Russians and maybe potentially push the Russians out of Donbass and retake Donbass. Now, keep in mind, Donbass is disputed territory. There are a lot of people in Donbass who don't want to be a part of Ukraine. There are a lot of people in Donbass who don't want to be a part of Russia. So highly, highly disputed area. Mariupol did have a resolution to join the Donbass. Uh, Donbass, uh, I think they were going to join uh, the DPR, the Donetsk Republic. But Ukraine says the vote was illegal. It likely was. So again, I'm just trying to give you just a little bit here and there. Uh, Mariupol is is not the friendly, quaint, 
you know, pro-Ukraine uh, paradise that has been portrayed by the Western media in any way, shape, or form. Uh, there's been a lot of bad things that have happened in Mary years. There's been a lot that happened in uh, Donbass in general, uh, past eight years. But it doesn't excuse the behavior of the Russians, and I'm not trying to excuse the behavior of the Russians. Now, with that said, because um, you have these two opinions, one is that, like, here's another article here. Putin believes he's winning the war in Ukraine. And this is a this is a Western media narrative that may or may not be true. We don't actually know. But there's this perspective that Western media has been trying that nobody will tell Putin how things are really going in Ukraine. Maybe, maybe not. There's been a lot of officers for the Russians who have been killed. There's been a lot of, of tanks and armor and personnel killed. Uh, I don't think that that is going around Putin's desk, him not noticing. I, I find that difficult to believe. Um, nonetheless, he could still think that he's winning over there because, well, frankly, they've secured their primary objectives. And I know that Western media is not telling you this, but I keep pointing it out. They had primary objectives and then they had secondary objectives. Their primary objectives were to secure Donbass and protect Donbass from an invasion from Ukraine. Their secondary perspective, uh, objective, excuse me, was to re- change the regime in Kiev, march on Kiev, take Kiev, put Zelensky out of power, and install a puppet government. Totally failed on that one. The Ukrainians beat them back. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mixed bag. If you're looking at this honestly right now, the Russians have been exposed for not being as powerful as a lot of people believe they were, um, but they've still been pretty successful in their primary objectives. They have not been successful at all in their secondary objectives. Ukraine's put up a much bigger fight than they were expecting and have fought very, very well. So right now, like I've said, what it looks like will potentially happen uh, based on what I know is that everybody's, everybody's going to kind of dig in and this is going to turn into like a, a basically a, a North-South Korea type situation. Um, I don't know if it's going to do that. It kind of looks like it might be going that way right now. We're sending offensive equipment now to Ukraine so they can conduct an offensive into Donbass. I don't know that they're going to have forces to oust the Russians, to be honest with you. Uh, fighting a defensive war is very different than fighting an offensive war, and Ukraine hasn't been able to take Donbass in eight years without a lot of Russian presence there. There's been some Russian presence, don't get me wrong, but there hasn't been full, open, straight-up Russian military presence there. So if they weren't successful in doing it up until this point, why would they be successful in doing it going forward? Maybe because of the new equipment and support they're getting from the West, that's possible. Um, Maybe this just turns into a giant grinding house and all sides get really, really bloodied. Um, So we'll we'll have to see. But again, we don't have all of the information and you can't you can't trust Western media on any of this. You can't trust Eastern media on any of this. Uh, Here's a here's a bit of a checklist that we've we've given to Ukraine. Uh, Pentagon finally released this this list. And I'm going to go over that here next. I've got to take commercial break, but I'm going to go over that here. You're going to get kind of an idea of how much we give. And there's going to be some need to repay that in the future, which is why I'm very concerned that people who've been using Ukraine for criminal activity in the West and Zelensky is the guy that was to reform all of that, that potentially now he is going to be beholden to those folks and Ukraine slips back into the Poroshenko type corruption that it had endured, um, you know, for, for several years, about five years or so. So I don't, I don't want to see that happen to the Ukrainian people. I don't want to see that happen to Ukraine. I want to see them thrive as their own independent nation, but I don't know if that's going to, if that's going to happen. The other possibility is that Zelensky, and there are people who are saying that he seems to be leading this way, that Zelensky now hates the West. He hates the East, he hates the West, and he's going to be neutral. Zelensky has openly condemned European leaders and Biden for stringing him along about NATO, and he's right to do that, by the way. And I, there's a good chance that he takes all of this aid and he basically tells everybody to kiss off and this thing is done and he goes his own way. And usually when that happens, folks, it's not pretty. People become tyrants. I'm not saying that he will be, but there's a possibility that he goes that way. And there's some real fear that that he may potentially go down that dark path. We'll have to see. Uh, but there's a lot of folks that are saying that, you know, Zelensky's not happy with the West. 
Putin, why should he? After all, uh, the West largely is using him in a proxy war against Russia and just giving him enough to survive and to, to fight, but not at the same time giving him every really needed forehand to begin with. So I'll give you this list of everything that we've sent to Ukraine coming up, because a lot of this is offensive weapons. You'll understand what I'm talking about here when I start going through this list. And, and this is your taxpayer dollars, by the way. Could have gone to the southern border, uh, could have gone to a whole host of other things that uh, maybe some of you think might be a little bit more important than getting involved in conflicts. Uh, I know that others of you will have strong disagreements about that, particularly in Elkhart with a big Ukrainian community there. But we'll go over that list coming up next on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You know, when you tweak your neck and it hurts and you can't really do anything but talk about how much your neck hurts, go to allnaturalcbd.org. Or Alyssa, she tweaked her neck earlier today. Go to allnaturalcbd.org, pick up some of the CBD lotion. You can rub it on that neck. That's what I used to do with my neck issues. And usually with about three minutes, this is what would happen to me. Middle of the night, I would get a pain in my neck and it would go from the base of my skull all the way down to my shoulder. And it does not correct itself. So I'm up, I'm in pain, and I would have to do various things and try to, you know, massage it or what have you. It almost never worked and I would just be up. Well, when we started using the CBD lotion, I rubbed it on where it hurt and within three minutes, the pain went away and I was able to go back to bed. That's how this all started. So if you go to allnaturalcbd.org, use promo code KC10, you'll save 10%. You can pick up the lotion, you can pick up the back pouches, you can pick up the Delta 8 gummies, the sleep gummies, just the regular CBD gummies, and any of the other products that they have on the website. Allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. Okay, she's blaming me for her neck injury. I walked in and and you got scared and you turned around. I, I didn't charge in. I may have hit the door, but I didn't charge in. She says that her neck hurt, okay? But I scared her, and so she she turned around, and now her neck is worse? That's what you're claiming? It's worse. So she's going to be hitting me with a workman's comp here. And <laughs> I'm, I'm being plain. But you had a pre-existing condition. She's claiming I exacerbated. I probably made it better. She's still using it as an excuse. Uh, all natural CBD. If I had the lotion, I would offer you, but I don't have it. It's at home. And I'm not going to see you for another two days. So I'll, if I'll bring... Here, text me. If you still have an issue, I will bring it, okay? And we will make sure that you, you have something to help you out. Okay. I don't want you to suffer. That sucks when neck hurts like that. Alright, so here's the list of what we sent to Ukraine. Ready? The Pentagon released this list. Uh, this includes the latest uh, latest uh, shipment of supplies. Over 1,400 Stinger anti-aircraft systems. Over 5,500 Javelin anti-armor systems, which of course they now call Saint Javelin over there in Ukraine. Uh, 14,000 other anti-armor systems. Over 700 switchblade tactical unmanned aerial systems. And again, there was a lot of speculation about us sending the switchblade over there. And they didn't really tell us for a while, but we did. So they have the switchblade, which cuts down on collateral damage, right? Uh, 18 155 millimeter howitzers and 40,000 artillery rounds to go with them. 16 MI-17 helicopters, hundreds of armored, high-mobility, multi-purpose wheeled vehicles, 200 M113 armored personnel carriers, over 7,000 small arms, over 50 million rounds of ammo, 75,000 sets of body armor and helmets, laser-guided rocket systems, Puma unmanned aerial systems, unmanned coastal defense vessels, 14 AN TPQ-36 firefinder weapon locating radar, four counter mortar radars, AN MPQ-64 sentinel air surveillance radar, M18A1 Claymore anti-personnel mines, C4 explosives, 
and demolitions equipment for obstacle clearing, tactical secure communication systems, night vision devices, thermal imagery systems, optics and laser rangefinders, commercial satellite imagery services, explosive ordinances, disposal protective gear, uh, chemical, biological, radiological and nuclear protective equipment, medical supplies to include first aid kits and counter unmanned aerial systems technology. That is what is publicly available that we have sent over to them. In addition to that, did you see that Google? Google has now uh, started showing secret Russian military installations in their their uh, what was it Google satellites or whatever? What is the the Google satellite thing? Google image? I don't know. Whatever. Google. You know where they do the satellite deal? It's not Google Streets. It's the other one. So anyway, they're showing all of the secret Russian military bases now that they used to have blacked out uh, because one of the things that Google has is they have these arrangements. They're not going to show secret military installations all over the world, and Google has erased that. So they're now showing all of the Russian military bases over there. Now, there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, that's great. And all I can think of is, what if Google doesn't like a conflict that we're involved? That's all I can think of. Every every single tool that is used by the globalist infrastructure can be turned on anybody at any time. And so I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, um, what happens if Google decides that we're the bad guy? Or what happens if they decide that, you know, one of our allies is a bad guy? You know, do they start showing off those bases and stuff too and compromising those positions? And and is Google doing something that could compromise themselves to the Chinese and doing something like this? I, I don't know, but it's, there's a lot of questions to, to that. And, and I know that there's a lot of people who are looking at it and they're going, you know, hey, uh, it's all right, cool. Uh, the other thing that we have been providing, by the way, is real-time targetable intelligence. So we've been providing intelligence to Ukraine, which they have used to great effect. Uh, remember, we have the French reporter who came back from Ukraine and he said, basically, this entire operation is run by the United States, uh, which could explain the Ukrainian success quite a bit. All right. But like I said, you know, that's just for your information. However you feel about it is, uh, of course, uh, your own personal opinion. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I would like to thank R&B Car Company, located in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. R&B Car Company, your used car headquarters. <clears throat> Bought a vehicle from them. Great experience. R&B Park. You're looking for a used vehicle? Go check them out. All right. Uh, this is this is just breaking, guys. And there's been some rumors that this might actually happen. So I'm going to be reporting it here. The Babylon Bee CEO, Seth Dillon, has announced a partnership with Libs of TikTok. Now, Libs of TikTok was once again suspended on Twitter the other day. For those of you who do not know, all Libs of TikTok does is repost what liberals post on TikTok. That's it. They don't do anything else. The woman behind Libs of TikTok has, has made a heck of a niche and has really exposed a lot of people. You know, a lot of those folks who got caught uh, brainwashing kids and things like that in school, those were stories that Libs of TikTok broke. They were the ones responsible for posting it and getting attention. Now, they've been suspended routinely by Twitter for simply posting the original person's own content, offering no commentary, uh, not creating any memes out of it or anything like that. So if somebody goes out there and they go, ha ha, I think it's okay to uh, rape kids, Libs of TikTok will take that and they will simply post it. And then they get hit with a suspension by Twitter for targeted harassment of the individual who just posted the content. But the individual who posted the content, of course, faces no reprimand on TikTok. Uh, their, their Twitter accounts where they're sharing their TikToks, they don't face any reprimand or anything like that. So Libs of TikTok is routinely getting suspended. Well, it happened again the other day. Uh, now, notorious bottom feeder Taylor Lorenz, who works for the Washington Post, and I realize that the vast majority of you do not know who Taylor Lorenz is. Taylor Lorenz is the worst of the worst in media. Taylor Lorenz is 
sole claim to fame is doxing people. That's what she does. Her entire career has been doxing people, and oftentimes she has doxed innocent people. And as a result, people attack her over the internet, not physically, over the internet. They attack her because she is doxing people. Now, you can say whatever you want to say on the internet. If you're not committing a crime, people should leave you alone. If they want to debate you or go back and forth or have a snide comment, whatever. If you're not breaking the law, there's no reason for a journalist to ever try to hunt down where you live, what your name is, who you're employed by, and who your relatives are. There's no reason for that. Taylor Lorenz does that. Why does she do that? To get people fired and to destroy their personal lives because she doesn't like their political opinions. That's all she does. She has been caught numerous times doxing the wrong people, claiming that people who had nothing to do with a particular story were guilty of doing something when in fact it wasn't the right person to begin with. This is something that she has done on a regular basis. Taylor Lorenz is always the one that always cries, oh, it's sexist patriarchy coming after me. She went on MSNBC not that long ago and cried about how she was being bullied online by a woman's family whom she doxed. Now imagine, imagine the the fart sniffing self-ego that somebody has to go and dox somebody and then to go on MSNBC and cry about how that person's relatives are upset at you online. Not upset at you face-to-face, but saying mean things about you online and how you can die from this. You're feeling suicidal from it. Taylor Lorenz has done this several times. She doxes somebody, people respond in kind, and she cries and plays victim. That's who she is. She is what we call in the mature ranks of the news media a piece of crap. Now, Taylor Lorenz doxed libs of TikTok. She doxed her. She went to the woman's family member, knocked on their doors. Of course, they all took pictures and video of her, and libs of TikTok exposed that, oh, Taylor Lorenz is doxing me, everybody. So her Twitter account got suspended. Taylor Lorenz wrote an entire article doxing libs of TikTok, and libs of TikTok, uh, who is back on Twitter now, the suspension is over, is was teasing, well, it really wasn't, it wasn't her. It was actually Not The Bee. Now, Not The Bee is a affiliate of the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee is the satire online publication, right? So conservative satire. Not The Bee is real news. That is crazy. <laughs> so you think it's The Bee, but it's not. That's the whole point of Not The Bee. Very good website. Highly, highly recommended. They actually picked up a uh, Real News Michiana story here not that long ago. So Not The Bee is a really good news source. Babylon Bee is a great source of entertainment, not real news. It's like The Onion, but better. And Not The Bee had kind of teased that they had a relationship with Libs of, Libs of TikTok. And it has just been announced this afternoon, not that long ago, the exposure of Libs of TikTok isn't journalism. This is Seth Dillon, the CEO of Babylon B on Twitter. It's pure intimidation. They're threatened by her effectiveness, so they hope to silence her by making her too afraid to continue. They want to raise the cost of doing her work so high that she has no choice but to quit. But I think they'll be surprised to her res- by her resolve. She's afraid, as anyone would be in these circumstances, Circumstances, but she's also determined to not be bullied, threatened, or harassed into silence. That takes remarkable courage that few people possess. I think they'll also be surprised by the support that she receives. I want them to know that she won't be canceled from her job because this is her job now. I've worked out a deal with her that will turn her heroic, high-risk work into a career. They may have exposed her, but they'll never stop her. And just like that, Libs of TikTok works for the Babylon, or works with the Babylon. I don't know what the details of their arrangement. So, 
to be clear, I have not read Taylor Lorenz's article. Um, I may not ever read it, to be honest with you. I don't know the profession or finances of the person who runs Libs of TikTok. What I can tell you is that I have talked with her online several times, and she's amazing. She's a fantastic person. Um, I have talked about getting her on the show many times, but it's never really been something that can come up. She's obviously always swamped with stuff, and it's hard to get her to come on something that isn't a big national forum. Uh, I will still ask, and if it happens, it will be a great day for you in the audience, and it'll be a great day for the show. But I can tell you that she has communicated with me online, and we've always had a great brief conversation. It's always been fantastic. Um, This could be very big for her, because she's now working with the Babylon Bee. So I'm assuming that she wasn't really monetizing a lot of this, that this just, um, apparently it was like a passion project. Now it's her career, and I certainly hope that she can continue to do what she does, even on a greater scale than she already does. Lives of TikTok is one of the most popular Twitter accounts in the world. Their influence in alternative media is massive, and all they do is tell you what these people say in their own words with their own videos. That's it. It's I'm, Honestly, if you were to describe, and I mean this in the best possible way, but I'm just highlighting how ridiculous it is to attack this woman for what she does, Libs of TikTok professionally commits plagiarism. That's all they do. If I'm a crazy leftist and I'm talking about how you should be teaching two-year-olds to change their gender in class, and I run, and this has happened, and I run to TikTok and I tell everybody how my class is starting to believe in all of this, and Libs of TikTok simply takes that video, doesn't edit it, doesn't change it, doesn't put it with another video, doesn't provide any commentary, doesn't do anything, but just takes that video and then just shares it. <laughs> That's all they do. That's literally all they do. And then the person who made the original video is, you can't do that. You're exposing me. You posted it online. How many times have you heard me say, one of the greatest gifts that we have is that leftists are morons because they their egos, okay, do not allow them to keep their mouths shut. When they do something that could score woke Olympics points, they go out and they tell everybody how amazing they are and what they're doing. And what that allows is that allows for people like you and me and Libs of TikTok to go, hey, look what they're admitting to. Here you go. And just like that, you've got an aggregator of the craziest people on TikTok and the horrendously awful things that they do and say. And you don't have to go to TikTok to see it. It's all right there for you. All of these people um, who were recently, this is something maybe you didn't know about. There was a bunch of people on TikTok here recently who were bragging and celebrating an idea to get abortions and use the aborted babies as a power supply, as energy, to recycle their corpses. And the reactions from leftists on how amazing that would be for this limitless supply of energy, green energy, renewable energy, environmentally friendly energy, is going to make your stomach turn. Any sane person who watches the comments that they make, and yet I'm sure some of them are just trying to do it because they're trying to get social clout, and so they're making it a little bit bigger than maybe how they feel. doesn't matter. They're still doing it publicly. And Libs of TikTok posted, posted almost every one of those things, and they were outraged. And then all of a sudden, Taylor Lorenz is on, talking about how how she, how horrible you know she's been bullied and everything else because she doxes people and their family gets, says mean, mean things about her online and she's been doing this the, her whole career. But now she's going again and doxing other people, going to their family, putting their family in her story. Now, again, is she allowed to do it? Yeah, technically she's allowed to do it. It's immoral. It's not journalism. There's nothing about it that's journalism. It is exactly, exactly like Seth Dillon said. It is an attempt to silence and intimidate. When people know who you are, they can track you down. They can threaten. They can 
and harass you. You can go into hiding, and it is designed to dissuade you from doing the thing that you have been doing, which has been very effective. And all Libs of TikTok has been doing is showing everybody, without editing, without changing, without altering, exactly what some of these crazy leftists say on their own TikTok channels. That's it. But for that, yeah, so Taylor Lorenz is in it again, because now what has happened, she's ticked people off. And so they've started doxing her, doxing all of her relatives, and doxing anybody that she's friends with. They're putting all that personal information out online. And guess who's complaining about it? Taylor Lorenz is. So she's uh, tweeted out, this is just today, 341, after my whole family, now keep in mind, this is after she doxed somebody who simply posts things, I should say, reposts things that are posted by people on TikTok. All she does is repost them. That's it. Doesn't do anything else. She's not a public official. She's simply an internet user who reposts the content that other people make. And they don't like the fact that once it's outside of their bubble, people think they're nuts. So Taylor Lorenz doxes this woman over at Libs of TikTok and her relatives. And now, and now, everybody is doxing her and her family and her friends. And she's angry about it. Once again, when she does something and the exact same thing is done to her, she runs online and she claims to be the victim. See, she's allowed to dox all of you because you're just peasants. She's Taylor flipping Lorenz, which nobody has heard of except for people in this business. So she's allowed to dox anybody that she wants. Nobody's allowed to dox her because she's a journalist. After my whole family was doxed again this morning, trolls have now moved on to doxing and stalking any random friend that I've tagged on IG. Instagram. They're posting their personal details of my friends and sending threatening texts with messages like, I noticed you're close to Taylor Lorenz. Not a threatening message at all. I'm sorry, but you sent almost that exact same message to a relative of Libs of TikTok right before you published your article. So which one is it, Taylor? And all of her stupid supporters who are out there going, knocking on people's door and exposing who they are is just journalism, guys. Oh, well, then I guess this is just journalism, right? Right? You know, here's here's the thing. I get it. I'm a public figure. You all know who I am. Many of you know where I live. People have shown up at my house randomly as listeners, okay? By the way, don't do that. The last guy who did didn't know it. He had a gun trained on him. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> You're laughing. I don't know who these people are. And I'm sorry when you knock on my door and you go, Casey Hendrickson, I'm, you're not wearing a FedEx uniform. Got news for you. You're about to get shot. Don't show up in my house. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, we have cameras. We know when you're coming. <laughs> Uh, one guy realized his mistake. Like, I, I don't think I should. So, I mean, you know, but it happens, right? And most people are just like, oh, that's Casey's house. Oh, my God. You know, that sort of thing. But um, but you don't know. And I don't know. Taylor Lorenz is knocking on people's doors and like, oh, you related to Lives of TikTok? I'm going to write an article about you. Tell everybody who you are, where you live. And I'm going to write an article about her and tell everybody where she lives, too, and who she is. And all you have to do is get a name. You get a name and you can easily find out who they are. You know, this is the 24th and a half century. We all know where everybody lives. That's pretty much how it is. Uh, Steven Crowder, okay, who does his internet show, he's in Texas. He doesn't tell anybody where the show is done. And there's a reason for that. He knows that his life is in danger if he does. And so they have a, a place that they do the show and it is in a place that is undisclosed for various reasons. And everybody who works for him keeps that location secret. And that is because he is constantly under threat. And all he does is does a show like this. That's it. Just got a bigger audience. Taylor Lorenz is once again complaining that people are doing to her what she does for a living because she believes that only she is allowed to dox people. There is this mentality amongst people in the corporate media that they are allowed to tell you what to think. Nobody else is. They are allowed to tell you what's true and what isn't. Nobody else is. They are allowed to dox you and publish your information, but nobody's allowed to do that to them because that somehow jeopardizes freedom of the press and only they get protections of the press because, well, they're the corporate media. You're not. So once again, she's running online and pretending to be a victim because people did to her exactly what she 
did to libs of TikTok and has done to dozens of other people throughout her entire career because this is all Taylor Lorenz does. I, look, I don't really care what happens to this woman. Honestly, I don't. And she can run around and talk about the psychological trauma that she's had to deal with. She's earned every single bit of it. MNC News time is 532. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. If you need a good office cleaning company, talk to cleanindustrialoffice.com. Uh, they are amazing. Really good people, family-run business, and they're going to do the job right. And if they if they miss something, they have to come back and fix it. They'll come back and do that, and they'll bring you donuts. Okay, That's how confident they are in their customer service. And especially if you have like a medical office, very specific things need to be done in a medical office. You know that. Many of you maybe don't, but if you work in that office, you know that it has to be done in a specific way, has to meet guidelines and code. And you don't want to have to explain that to every new cleaning crew that comes out every single week or every other week. And if you get cleanindustrialoffice.com to come out and clean your office for you, you're only going to need to tell them that that one time because you're going to have that same crew every single time cleaning your office the way that it is supposed to be clean. So you can go back to work and not have to worry about things not being done properly. And once again, if they don't get something right, they'll come back, they'll fix it, and they'll even bring you donuts. Go to cleanindustrialoffice.com, set up your consultation now, and let them know that Casey Hendrickson sent you. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, you can subscribe on rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. Definitely need your support in growing the Rumble channel. It is going to be a a, uh, big necessity in the near future. I truly believe that. A friend of mine sent me a message today and said, Casey, you can't forget what today is. And I must admit that I had. April 19th is Patriots Day. So today is Patriots Day. Happy Patriots Day to all of you. Now, what is Patriots Day? Patriots Day is the anniversary of the skirmish at Lexington Green and the battle at Concord Bridge. It is considered the opening of the Revolutionary War. So um, this is an article over at FortressDefense.com. A really good company, by the way. I know the people over there. Tremendous, tremendous training over there. Uh, In 1764, the British Parliament began enacting a series of legislative decrees designed to leach tax revenue from the American colony. The debt from the Seven Years' War left the crown desperate money and thus turned its sights on the pockets of colonial citizenry. The colonies considered themselves somewhat autonomous, generations deep in their own culture and individualistic spirit. The idea of a direct tax was viewed by many as simple robbery, or today too. Since not a single shilling would be used to improve colonial life, the revenue all sent directly to the king's coffers. The new taxes, referred to as the Townsend Acts, were the brainchild of Charles Townsend, Chancellor of the Exchequer, known as the Secretary of His Majesty's Treasury. The Townsend Acts were comprised of five, four with effect, separate taxation and commerce laws. There was the Sugar Act of 1764, uh, which was the first direct tax ever levied on the colonies, ever, and it was met with well-deserved disdain. That was where you first started to see the no cries of, uh, or the cries of uh, no taxation without representation. In response, a portion of the funds were funneled by the English into salaries of colonial judges and governors in an attempt to buy loyalty and keep the angry colonists at bay. 1765 saw the Stamp Act, which most of you have probably heard of. Next came the Revenue Act of 1767. Uh, 1767 also saw the passage of the Commissioners of Customs Act, and complaints resulted in passage of the Vice Admiralty Court Act in 1768, passed without Townsend, establishing courts where official complaints could be lodged, and of course, it amounted to a juryless kangaroo court, which the colonists didn't much approve of. In 1765, New York refused compliance with the Quartering Act, a law requiring the colonies to provide food and shelter to British soldiers. Townsend penned a New York Restraining Act as 
punishment, but New York grudgingly complied before it could actually be implemented. Um, and then Townsend passed away in 767. So as a result of all of this, the, the, the economy of the colonies went into shambles. And there's a long, rich history, you know, with all of this. This is an oversimplification of, of what has happened. But I'm going to put this article from FortressDefense.com. I'm going to put it in the in the daily show prep today. Uh, you should be checking out Fort Defense anyway. Firearms training for citizens, soldiers, and, and police officers. Uh, they do amazing work. We've had them on the show before. I've interviewed them about tactical situations and school shootings and things of that nature. Uh, just really, really good training. World-class, best-in-the-world type training over at Fortress Defense. Uh, so I'm going to put this entire article, which goes over everything behind Patriots Day and everything that led to Lexington Green and uh, the Battle of Concord Bridge. So that way you can go ahead and uh, talk about that amongst yourselves at dinner time. you got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for Five Star Painting. We are going to get the outside of our home painted this year. And we've already started the process with Five Star Painting. Of course, very professional. They come out dressed, you know, like professionals and not like people are in the middle of a painting job. Nothing wrong with that, I guess, but I just want the consultation to be with, you know, a professional. It's kind of how I am. And it's all right if you're not, but that's what Five Star does. They deliver that professionalism that you don't find at other painting companies. They're going to come out. They're going to be able to, to go through the whole process of giving you the quote and explaining what should and should not be done. And you're even going to have the opportunity to have a color consultation. We are going to be getting our color consultation here soon. And that's because the wife and I are having a, a discussion about the best shade of this particular color to paint our house. And we're not exactly sure which one's going to work. So we're going to have Five Star Painting do the color consultation, help us decide on that. And they're going to be able to take care of everything. I mean, they're even taking care of the uh, the front railing that we have. Make sure that the railing is in good order and also matches the rest of the house. Just extremely professional service. We've been very, very happy with them. And if you go to fivestarpainting.com and you set up your consultation, they'll come out, they'll do the free consultation, free color consultation as well, uh, give you the quote. And if you get your painting job, Five Star Painting, if you mention me, you get free paint with your job. And there is a dedicated project manager that will be on site for the entire project, be able to sign off when the job is complete, making sure that it is done right and nothing was missed. Go to fivestarpainting.com, mention me, and get free paint with your next order. All right, we're almost out of here, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, once again, please go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button. The early show has actually been going off on time. I've been pretty good about it this week. And if you've missed the early show, you can watch the early show. Those are the videos not labeled with 95.3 MNC. And go watch that on rumble.com slash Casey the host. Here's Bill O'Reilly. We'll see you tomorrow.